Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, February 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Barclays is about to kick off the hunt for its next chief executive. CVC Capital Partners is stepping up its plans to reshape rugby, and the coronavirus has forced officials to impose strict quarantine measures in Italy. Plus, Donald Trump and Narendra Modi will meet in India today. The FT's Benjamin Parkin explains what this might mean for the relationship between the U.S. and India. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Just Staley's days at Barclays are numbered. He's been at the helm of the British Bank since 2015. But sources told the FT that Mr. Staley told his colleagues that he expects to leave the bank by the end of 2021. The news of his planned departure comes just a few weeks after Barclays said the Financial Conduct Authority and the Bank of England's Prudential Regulation Authority were investigating the chief executive. They're looking into Mr. Staley's relationship with pedophile financier Jeffrey Epstein, who died by suicide while awaiting trial last year. Mr. Staley said that he's been transparent about his relationship with Epstein. And while a rough timetable for Mr. Staley's departure was in place before the probe, one source said it, quote, focused minds on the bank's board of directors. Now, Barclays is ready to find its next leader. Sources told the FT the board is about to appoint an external headhunting firm. The hope is to find an external candidate since there are few internal candidates to take the role. If Mr. Staley has to step down because of the probe, one of the sources said Barclays would put an interim team in place while the search continues. A spokesperson for the bank declined to comment. Since he joined as chief executive at the end of 2015, Mr. Staley has strengthened Barclays Investment Bank and fended off attacks by activist investor Edward Bramson. But shares in the bank have fallen by about a quarter during his tenure, and he's faced two regulatory investigations, including the Epstein probe. The Six Nations rugby tournament is underway. Teams from England and Ireland battled it out over the weekend. But there might already be a clear winner when it comes to global rugby, CVC Capital Partners. Sources tell the FT that the Luxembourg-based buyout group expects to finalize a £300 million deal to acquire a 14% stake in the Six Nations tournament. This comes as CVC closes a £120 million stake in club competition Pro 14, which is expected to be sealed by the end of the month. That brings CVC's investment in rugby to more than £600 million since it targeted the game more than two years ago. Sources familiar with the matter say the group is in talks with World Rugby, which runs the Rugby World Cup, as well as national governing bodies in New Zealand and South Africa. Both countries are two dominant forces in rugby. Sources also say that CVC is considering bundling TV rights for rugby competitions around the world into a single package for broadcasters. It's also looking into streaming deals to digital players such as Amazon and the creation of an internet subscription service for fans. And Italy has put in place a strict quarantine to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Ten towns are now locked down in the country's wealthy northern region, and several events have been canceled, the last days of the Venice Carnival and several Serie A football matches. Authorities have also closed schools and universities. Italy has become home to the largest coronavirus outbreak outside of Asia. According to officials on Sunday, three Italians had died from the disease, and the infection count was up to 152. As recently as Friday morning, there were just three identified cases. And there were further cases reported elsewhere over the weekend. The virus has killed eight people in Iran as authorities have shut schools, universities, and some religious seminaries, 
while Iraq and Turkey have shut their borders with Iran. G20 finance ministers met in Riyadh over the weekend and said they'd be ready to take action if the outbreak slowed the global economy. They said they're concerned over increasing economic uncertainty and disruption to supply chains. In Italy, the majority of new cases are concentrated in regions that make up about a third of Italy's economic output. And here's a story you should know more about. Back in September, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited Donald Trump in Houston, Texas at a giant rally. Nearly 50,000 people packed a stadium for the event, billed as the Howdy Modi Rally, as the two leaders touted the strong relationship between the U.S. and India. Prime Minister Modi and I have come to Houston to celebrate everything that unites America and India, our shared dreams and bright futures. I've also come to express my profound gratitude to the nearly four million amazing Indian Americans all across our country. But despite the cheerful public appearance, the two countries have had a hard time seeing eye to eye when it comes to trade. And that sentiment continues as Mr. Trump begins a short visit to India today. The FT's Benjamin Parkin has more on the visit and why each side wants to make this relationship work. So firstly, it's a relationship of strategic importance because India is a valuable counterweight to China in Asia from the U.S.'s perspective. And from India's perspective, the U.S. is a vital ally in its tense relationship with China, with whom it shares a long border. On the one hand, this is a question of what is often referred to as shared values that the two countries can and claim to have in common and, and set them apart from China and some other Asian countries. It's also a strategic relationship in the sense of cooperation on defense. And finally, it's an economically important relationship because they're both such massive markets in their own right. And it, it, it continues to get more important as time passes and as U.S. relations with China become frostier and more contentious. Right. And speaking of frosty relations, the relationship between the U.S. and India hasn't exactly been warm lately. Why is that? So the two countries have a long history of tension when it comes to trade issues. The U.S. imposed steel and aluminium tariffs. India retaliated with its own tariffs on various U.S. goods such as fruits and nuts. From the U.S.'s perspective, India is seen as unduly protectionist. And from India's perspective, the U.S. has sought under Trump to clamp down on, say, the ease with which Indian tech workers can acquire H-1B visas, short-term work visas in the U.S. Those visas go in large numbers to Indians. Trump said just last week, as he was gearing up for this visit, that the U.S. isn't treated very well by India. And Indian officials, at least in private, return the, the compliment. So, Ben, could a trade deal come out of Trump's meeting with Modi? So the two countries have been working on some sort of trade agreement for a long time. Now, this isn't a full-blown free trade deal. This is a you know limited deal meant to address specific issues around market access. However, there was a lot of talk and it seemed that this visit seemed like an opportunity to announce that the two sides had finally, after various fits and starts, brokered a deal. But that, at least from the way that officials are talking about it, seems to have been set back once again. 
Trump said in his comments recently that the focus is now on a very big trade deal, but only after the U.S. elections in November. And what else can we expect from this meeting? Crucially, we can no longer, it seems, expect a trade agreement, but we can expect certain other deals such as over defense. So, for example, a deal in which India would buy more than $2 billion worth of Lockheed Martin helicopters. We'll also be watching for any potentially off-the-cuff remarks from Trump, such as over Kashmir. If you recall, India and Pakistan have long been engaged in a dispute over the region, which is in between the two countries. They've fought conflicts in the past, and India last year controversially announced that they would revoke autonomy for the Indian side and launched a large mobilization there, which escalated tension between India and Pakistan. Trump had in the past offered to mediate between the two over the dispute. But that didn't go down well in India, where it's seen as strictly a bilateral issue. And it certainly wouldn't go down well if he were to do so again. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 